Hi, I'm Leah Wheatholter, owner of Workman Forensics, and this is the Investigation Game Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Investigation Game Podcast. Today, my very special guest is Sarah Haug. Sarah is a graphic designer. She's the owner of Workman by Design, and she is also the designer for the Investigation Game, Case of the Man Cave, and quite frankly, everything else you see at Workman. Now, if you're thinking, Workman by Design sounds a lot like Workman Forensics, that's right, we're sisters. I've asked her just to weigh in because we like to talk about using creativity and how that has worked at Workman Forensics and creativity is something that we care a lot about. I just wanted to hear from a full-time creative what her process was creating the game and just about her in general. So Sarah, thanks for joining me on this podcast. Thanks for having me. First, let's talk a little bit about your background because yes, you're my sister and people might think, oh, she's just doing your graphic design because you're my sister. Right. And in high school, people actually called you mini Leah, right? Or no, little Leah. Little Leah. Little they Leah. did. Yeah. They did. As yeah. I walked down the hall, that's what I was known as. Yeah. At least you were, you know, called Leah, little Leah, little Leah instead of like, I don't know, little, the two other sisters we have. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So it would seem like I hired you just because you're my sister, but that is not the case. You are actually a legit trained graphic designer with lots of really random, unique, very niche experience. So let's kind of talk about that, where you went to school and what you did after that. Okay. I went to the University of North Texas and got my graphic design degree from there. Um, it's known as communication design. And then we had two, we were, we were separated actually into two groups. Half of our class went graphic design and the other half went into art direction. Okay. A lot of people don't understand that that's actually two different jobs. Mm. They don't do that anymore. <clears throat> you have a little bit more saying what you do now, but, but back whenever I went, we still, it was a very, still is, but it's a very tough program to get into there. It's, mm -hmm. it's a really great program. So got my degree from there. Very, very glad I did. Learned way more than I think I would have learned anywhere else. Or, had some great teachers. Or like self-taught. Or, like or self, well, yeah, that's yeah, where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. it self-taught. And I actually was at another school for a time and that's, and I had done some graphic design. So I actually had something comp to compare the program to. Mm -hmm. So I'm really thankful that I got it from there and the teachers that I got to learn from professors. And then from there, I actually worked in retail for a little while in the marketing department mm -hmm. at a larger, kind of local to the Dallas-Fort Worth area Western store. Mm -hmm. And... That was, that was really fun. I got to do projects such as like they had this new building going up and I got to do a lot of the floor graphics for it. And oh, so fun. I learned, and, and just like learning the retail side of things, tags, labeling, sign, yeah. floor signs, like all this stuff that like I hadn't actually done before, but I got to do there. That's like one of those details that we see every day in our everyday life that everything that we see in the store had to be designed by somebody, but... I don't think I normally walk around consciously realizing that. Yeah. And a lot of people ask me, graphic designer, what do you do? And right. I'm like, 
you see that package in front of you, like that right. label, like somebody that's, had to design somebody that. had to design that. I actually worked there towards the end of my college career and mm -hmm. career. I was in yeah. college for a really long time. We won't go there though. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was in college for like seven years. So we actually, whenever I graduated, I worked there a little bit longer past graduation. And then from there, I actually went and worked in Fort Worth at a PR firm. Mm -hmm. And it was me and one other designer. And I got to work with uh, more like lifestyle clients. Mm. And that was really eye-opening to me because I hadn't really worked with anyone like that. But I got to work on some well-known like coffee packaging. And, oh, yeah. and in college, I loved packaging. That was one of my favorite classes. Mm -hmm. Just getting more more chances to, to design some different in some different areas mm -hmm. helped me, I think, be more of a well-rounded designer and not just always doing one style. And so I had to adapt to the style of each client. Sure. So. Yeah. I think that would be hard, especially like if you don't really care for the style. I mean, whenever I tell you kind of what I have in mind, I just give you free reign, but that's not the case with every client. And even some of my stuff, it's probably not the most fun to design sometimes, but well, um, and even just being able to be that flexible. Even in-house designing, like what I was doing at the Western store, that's all got to be the same branding. Right, right. So in-house versus working for for a small like PR firm, it's it's really different and it's, it's a lot of fun. And yeah. you, you really sharpen your skills, I think, too. Yeah. Then from there, I started my own business, uh, yeah. Workman by Design. And I've been doing that for four years now. And yeah, I've gotten awesome. to work on some children's books for a couple of different clients illustrating, which... Okay, so we got to put a plug in here because one of the books that you've illustrated, or oh. two of the books you've illustrated, were actually for another one of our <laughs> sisters. It was. <laughs> I got I got to start that experience there, but she wasn't my only client to That's do true. that. That's I true. Got to, I know, but one of them, I we still to have to plug it. You yes, because we're going to have to tag her in. on this podcast. So yes, we should. You should check out the Dr. Hartfield books that are for kids that are a veterinarian series of children's books. So. That's really yes. fun. And Sarah did all of the illustration for the first two books. Yes. So that's yeah. exciting. And and that was fun. Huge learning curve. And at the time it was so great. It was such a large learning curve. Since I since I had started my own business and I had I had the time, because obviously I didn't have a huge client list yet, I got to learn how to do all these different things. Cause some of those things are self-taught. Some of those things I was pulling over from what I learned in school. Sure. And then just what I've picked up along the way in my experience. It has allowed me to really be very diverse in what I can offer my clients now. Sure. So it's been yeah. a lot of fun. Well, and then enter 2018 and <laughs> your sister Leah says, hey, we have this stack of cards <clears throat> that have been developed for this concept of the investigation game case of the man cave. Here you go. Can Which you, was fantastic. Can you? <laughs> I think she's being sarcastic about our beta test. But hey, the mechanisms worked. They just weren't pretty. So, which was great. That's what, I mean, that's, I think that's pretty amazing, actually, that after a few months of beta testing, you know that like the system itself doesn't break. But the navigating was extremely difficult because we hadn't spent any time on design. Yeah. What was kind of your process when I handed you that deck of cards and so said, have fun? I remember <laughs> I remember one of our first conversations actually about this. Uh -huh. And I was, on the, uh, I was on the phone with you and I was asking you how it worked or something like that. And you were like, yeah, so like this goes with this. And I just, I just go, stop. Girl, we got to color code these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so maybe not necessarily in order how we would normally do things. But the very first thing I kind of went to was like, we've got to color code these. Right. Even for me to understand how the game works, not being an accountant myself, never will be. 
I just thought like, I've got to put these in categories and to be able to even design these for you. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's kind of where we got started. And then what was the inspiration for the overall design that resulted? You and I- it looks very different from the beta cards. Oh, yes. So after looking at like the beta cards and and I had put together a mood board (laughs) for you of the colors I wanted to use, some textures, you know, just just a general mood board of like where I saw the cards going. Mm -hmm. And you liked it, thankfully. Didn't even have to sell you on it. You saw it. (laughs) You saw it and you were like, oh, that looks great. Sure. Yeah. But you have great taste. So, well, I do think I have good taste. I do feel like I do, but <laughs> I don't know if you, that's weird But to say when you not. see it, you but, know you know if it's going to work But or also, not. I try not to go into these adventures, <laughs> like, deciding in my head what it must look like, because I recognize that I'm not a designer. So if functionality is there and I feel good about the color palette, we should just move forward. Like, I should be able to trust you, you know, even my creative team, when they show me an idea, like, just let them run with it, because you guys are the experts, so... And Just normally, a little tip for people working with creatives. <laughs> if you do that, you're going to end up with really amazing I think you, results. I think you do end up with... And, and just being open-minded because something that I have in my head is probably something I've seen in the past and we don't want something that looks dated, you know, but you and other creatives are studying this every day. You're looking at what's happening, what's going to be the new trend. So I don't want what's in my head because that's going to be really dated really right. fast. Whenever you leave it open to the designer, you are going to get a better product. Yeah. And and it may not be exactly what you were thinking in your head the first time, but a lot of times you build off of that and then a designer eventually is going to show you something and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, yes, this is so much better yeah. than I even thought. Well, not to mention, I think it allows the designer to be more bought into the project. Oh, totally agree. Yeah. yeah. When they're getting to actually For invest sure. their creativity. So, so yeah. So <clears throat> I did the mood board, sent it to you. You loved it. We went from there. We had already talked about this kind of intricate mono line, mono weight line design. And so some of the stuff I had sent you was kind of like, sometimes it makes me kind of think sometimes of those patent patented. I don't know if you've seen them, like those posters that are patented and they show like all these lines of like how oh, things work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was some of the inspiration behind it. And then also just like for some reason, gears and stuff yeah. came into mind, yeah. you know, like these lines, like, how do these things work together, which you Thanks. you want to tell a story of, you know, how did how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Where did this come from? And so kind of putting all those things together, we ended up with this intricate line design. We actually went back and included a dog. Yeah, we have Leah. several dogs and they're all named <laughs> after the Sherlock Holmes series. We have Sherlock Watson and Irene. So we included so Sherlock's That's a little, that's a little fun fact. So that's not in the design's. Yeah, that are printed on the cards, but we actually did go back and add a little dog into that design, which is really, really fun. You know, we kind of just developed this system around really a key series of icons that got created. Mm-hmm. From there, it really did take, I won't lie, it took a lot of thought to figure out how to connect these where it makes sense, even mm-hmm. on the cards. Right. Because when you look at it visually, you don't need, you know, I've got like a big building on the cards and a bank and some other stuff and putting that together, I won't lie, like it took a lot of thought and oh, it yeah. still does whenever we kind of rearrange it to make it work for other like other for products now. Or, yeah, for the podcast yeah. or anything like that. Like you kind of have to think, how do I rearrange this to where it makes sense and it's balanced? Right. So it's all a, it's yeah. all a process and it, it does take a while. <laughs> well, it was handy because even before we had the game in the beta form, mm-hmm. we had been talking about what are some different imagery that we can use to explain what Workman Forensics mm-hmm. does. And I think that kind of started us on that 
path on that path of like the icons and yeah Yeah, for sure yeah it did and of course the word is escaping me now that we're recording but kind of like ah what are those things called it's like at the beginning of i'm pretty sure oh the show elementary where you take the marble and it triggers different things yes i can't remember what those are called but kind of taking that anything like that well. i feel like that's that really is where all the inspiration came from exactly yeah. that and the which i think kind of fits with the whole escape room concept yeah you know i love escape rooms yes, you if do. i haven't said that on the podcast enough there's another <laughs> plug When a client needs your help on a fraud investigation, it's often the most exciting and also the most overwhelming day. Most investigators know they can figure out how to work a fraud investigation, but what if there was a way to practice working a fraud case while leveraging data and having questions answered by a pro in a small group setting? Leah Wheatholder, CFE PI, and David Jansen, CFE CAMS, have prepared a one-day seminar to show you the ropes of working a fraud investigation using data from start to finish, including a session of money laundering. Each session is presented by these experienced certified fraud examiners with hands-on learning activities. The seminar concludes with the investigation game, Case of the Man Cave, which fulfills the annual two hours of ethics requirements. At the conclusion of the seminar, you will have practical tools and experience to work fraud investigations with confidence and eight hours of CPE. Each seminar is limited to 16 attendees, so sign up today at theadatasleuth.com or call us at 918-574-6616. What are some key things that you kept in mind when creating the design and coming up with all of those great ideas to help keep the gameplay moving for the the actual player? I think the, the biggest thing was color. Yeah. Um, color and using the right color for each phase. Mm-hmm. So each phase is a different color. Mm-hmm. And then you even have like a stop slash like help card. Right. And that card, obviously, like we use two different reds. And I don't I don't think I've said it yet, but each color, actually, we've, we've got two tones mm-hmm. for each color that mm-hmm. we use. So those colors work together. And then we're able to flip those because we needed a lot of colors, but yeah. you don't want to put 20 colors on. Yeah, I don't need the whole rainbow. One, exactly. Yeah. So, so what we did was we used a dark and a light color of each that all are in the same hue family. Mm-hmm. And then we we were able to like reuse those in a really unique way to make it work for this deck of cards. Because we have, I think, eight colors. Mm-hmm. But you got to think mm-hmm. that's actually four main colors. Yeah. But then yeah. we technically have eight. So... That really helped me personally start understanding the game more as well. Yeah. Then the item cards are their own color. Sure. As I was going through everything with you, we we really just started categorizing it. And mm-hmm. I think from there, it really just took off. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like it was kind of a struggle to kind of get started. But once it got started, it... It just, just yeah, it just kind of it took care itself. of itself. Yeah. I mean, I make that sound like it was really easy, but it did. It, it just started all flowing and all making sense. And then as you were still beta testing at that mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and as you were beta testing, we could see the light bulb turn on people playing the game yeah. that they were like, oh, this is the next phase card or right. this is what I need to do. And cards weren't getting mixed doing. up and they were, yeah. now I wasn't actually at the game, but I would always talk to you about it. So Right. Out of the game, what is your favorite component? What's your favorite piece in the game? Oh, I love the pattern. Yeah. I just love the pattern. Yeah, the pattern. And the way that we have been able to use that pattern across the board for the podcast and for the game itself. And and we have stuff beyond, you know, like we've thought beyond 
what this game yeah, is like how that's already and how that's going to connect to the other games. So keeping that in mind and then being strategic in even the podcast logo. I think that's one of my funnest logos I've done in a while. Yeah. Yeah. The podcast I mean, logo. I've, I've done a lot of logos recently and the podcast logo, like it was so, it was so simple, mm-hmm. but it was so fun. Like I just right. had fun with that one, but the logo being so simple and, and just very user friendly mm-hmm. is, has been like really fun. But the, the pattern the pattern's okay. been my favorite. So my favorite component of the game are the cashier's checks and checks and invoices. Really? That is 100% <laughs> my favorite because they're so detailed. And even though they're, you know, playing card size, or I guess they're technically tarot card size. Yeah, but they're a little bigger. Even though they're that small, they still just include so many important details. And so I just love it. I love the way they turned out and the colors that you used. And I just love them. Yeah. I, think, I think it's kind of, you know, we've had... I think at this point, like 700 people play or 750. And like, that's the piece that they really love. I mean, and so or many the, people the so many people say, oh my gosh, this is so detailed. Like how long, you know, so as you're describing your whole process, I'm thinking, wow, we thought about how careful everything being communicated in the game should be and how it works and how it doesn't break. Mm-hmm. And then Andrew was so careful about the mechanics so that the mechanics of the gameplay worked. And then hearing all the details going into the design. I mean, it's just a very intentional, well created product actually thinking about it now one of my other favorite things about the game is the box oh yeah the little card that the box. cards sit in yeah specifically like the top of that box though because yeah. that is the first thing which i don't know do y'all i think do y'all set the cards out we know, okay yeah. that's what i thought that's the first thing that people are gonna see yeah whenever they open. see it they and it actually has the logo in the middle and mm-hmm. then it's got like the design around the side and it's like okay this is setting the stage for what you're about to get to do yeah. And get to do is a thing because it is fun. Yeah, it is. Really and fun. Uh, much better than sitting two hours just listening to somebody talk. I know. Even though I, people I think are it's hilarious to talk all, right of, now. <laughs> all of you creative people who have worked on this, you're like, oh my gosh, you mean you have to sit and listen to people talk for two but hours? But without Andrew, like Andrew, Andrew is without his attention to detail on how to put this game together, though, yeah. I would not have been able to do my job right. in the way Absolutely. that I needed to. Whenever I got the cards, I feel like some of it was just like, kind of pasted on there, you know, mm-hmm. just to make it work. It was awesome. Had it not, had that part not been so detailed, I wouldn't have been able to do my job. Right. And yeah. and make it super clear and yeah. fun and creative. This is a so. team effort, for sure. Oh, for sure. Not a, not a one-person job at all. So do you think that creating the game, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I don't think, no, you did play it, right? Did you, have you played it? I have not played it. it. Oh my goodness. It was everybody else. No, everyone else. I don't know. I don't know where I was when our whole family played it. Yeah. Um, Darn it. I was Um, probably pregnant and tired and sleeping or something. Well, yeah, that could have been (laughs) the case. Okay. So in creating the game, do you think it helped you understand a little bit more about what we do or at least some of the things that we have to use in our job at Workman Forensics? Oh, I think so. Going back to like the checks and stuff, yeah. I actually would say that part kind of helped me understand what y'all look at. Mm-hmm. Not being an accountant or numbers person of any kind. Right. <laughs> the visual aids, I think, are so helpful. And mm-hmm. it does give you a little glimpse into what y'all do day in and day out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You should just see her face right now. It kind of <laughs> looks like she knows she might have made half of that up. But well, thank you so much. Thanks for 
letting everybody know just about your involvement on this. And I'm so appreciative of all of your great work on the game and on the Workman logo, the Data Sleuth logo, the podcast logo, the Find Money and Divorce logo. What else can I plug here? And that's also your logo. Anyway. Everything's, everything is always, what I love working with Workman Forensics in though, just in general, the game and everything is that everything's a work in progress. Yeah. So even though we've developed something, like we're always looking to make it better. Yes. And so, and, and like function better, work better, look better, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, that's one of the most fun things to do. I mean, working for you isn't, or doing work on your client stuff, you know, it's not like working in house at the, right. at the, you know, Western store. Cause not, not everything's the same. And that's, that's, what's fun. Your creative team's pretty lucky. Cause most, most of that guys, well, most in-house, most in-house companies, like you don't get to change. You're, you're not, you don't get to change up what you're doing, but right. y'all have so many different companies underneath workmen with the game and podcast and everything that it's just, it's a lot of fun and, and it's going to, it's going to be really good. Yeah. So. It's diversifying my life. It's diversifying <laughs> our company. And it's also diversifying everything yeah. that the creative team and you get to work on. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Sarah. It's great Thank to have you. you. Thank you. Oh, and how can it's... people connect with you? Oh, yes. Workmanbydesign.com. And same thing on Facebook and Instagram, Workman by Design. Okay. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. The Investigation Game Podcast is a production of Workman Forensics. For more information about any of the topics that we talked about on the podcast, please visit workmanforensics.com. And to register for our Be a Data Sleuth seminars, visit beadatasleuth.com. You can also connect with us on any of the social media platforms by searching Workman Forensics. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for a podcast, please feel free to email us at podcast at workmanforensics.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>